Now, Brother Will, thank you for the honor to preach today and to, to be in God's pulpit in his house and uh, share the message with his people. Uh, today, we're going to be in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, and verses 14 through 18. The title of my message, Dave, is Stand Strong. Stand Strong. We're going to be Daniel 3, 14 through 18. I'll give you a moment to turn there, or you can look on the screen uh, behind me, and you'll see this scripture up there as well. I couldn't think of a more fitting passage to share for our graduates today as they are entering a new phase of their life. And the Lord uh, put this message upon my heart for you and uh, pray that you just hear from the Holy Spirit today. And for the rest of y'all, this is going to apply to you too, okay? It will. So you can't, you can't turn off the ears right now, all right? Tune in because this applies to all of us. Daniel 3, 14 through 18. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? He shouldn't have said that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we praise you, and we thank you for Jesus and for salvation. Thank you for this special day, Lord, to be in your house. Lord, we've already got to, to worship you through singing, lifting our voices to you in praise and adoration. Lord, we've heard an amazing special about praising you, Lord with our lips, with our life. And Father, right now as I speak on the outside, will your Holy Spirit speak to hearts on the inside and give us the courage, Lord, to stand strong in this culture. And if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that they will give their life to you, that they'll get it right, Lord. We love you and we ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you agree that we live in a culture of increasing moral decline? Just raise your hand if you would agree with that. Okay, We're facing issues like never before concerning God's purpose of marriage, the sanctity of life. We're confused about what restrooms to even use. I mean, that's sad, but it's true. These issues are concerning. They are important. We could become fearful if we allowed ourselves to, what's it going to be like for the next generation? What's it going to be like for these students and then their, their families, their kids, if the Lord waits that long to come back? We don't know. Those things, they could be very alarming. We read an interesting article, uh, Joy and I did, from Pastor Matt Nelson. He made some observations about the moral decline of our nation. And yet, as believers, we don't have to live in fear when things are crumbling around us. And I want to share just five observations in my introduction. This is all introduction. Don't worry. Got plenty more. 
If you look at history, number one, the church thrives in a time of persecution and suffering. Look at the stoning of Stephen after his death. The, the spread of the gospel went out like never before to the world. Number two, Christianity has always been a countercultural movement. If you live for the Lord, you're not going to be the popular majority. But guess what? We're called to live such radically transformed lives in front of others that we become a living witness to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are supposed to be different. And this moral decline is going to force people off the fence. And here's why. The casual Christian will disappear as people are forced to be a true disciple or not. You see, as the road of discipleship becomes increasingly less convenient, the price of true discipleship will become higher and higher. Many people will not pay that price. But here's what happens. Number four, our prayers must transfer into action. You see, when we see the concerns of our culture and of our nation, it should move us to our knees in earnest prayer. And when we pray like that, the Holy Spirit's going to move and he's going to call us into action to fulfill God's mission. Does that make you nervous? Hmm? You don't have to be afraid of it, but when we pray, guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to move. Number five, this is my favorite one. The solution isn't sitting around talking about the problems. Okay? <laughs> Some of y'all are getting mad at me. Let me explain. The early disciples didn't need the government to change for the mission of Jesus to go forward. They were not obsessed with trying to change everything around them. They were obsessed with being led by the Holy Spirit to go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. This doesn't mean that we don't get involved in politics. It doesn't mean that we don't care about public policy or be aware of what's going on around us. Those things are very important. But it does mean that our hope is not based in a governmental plan or policy or system or popular opinion. Our hope is based in Jesus Christ and the mission of his church. And here's a spoiler. The church wins in the end. All right? Give God a hand. You can. The church of Jesus Christ and the mission of God will go forth regardless of any changes in our nation. Remember that. As our morals of our nation decline and darkness surrounds us, that is where we can shine the brightest. Because God calls us, you and me, every one of you in this room who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, he calls us to be a light in the darkness. To stand up and make a difference. This is nothing new. It's repeated throughout history. It's repeated throughout Scripture. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is what I read this morning about three young Jewish men whose names were changed to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were taken captive by the Babylonian Empire along with their good friend Daniel. And these four men, they were put in a godless culture. They were put in a culture that didn't worship God. They worshiped false gods. And they were indoctrinated with this culture. And it would have been so easy for them to compromise, to cave in, to give in, to go along with it. So that they didn't, they didn't get in trouble. They could have just kept their mouth shut and done the easy thing. But instead, they made a choice to stand strong. So to my graduates and to the rest of us, today, the challenge is, when the morals are crumbling around us and things are confusing, you stand strong. Stand up. Brianna Brooks, 
She got to be salutatorian of her class. Got to hear her speech Friday night. I'm not trying to embarrass Brianna, but as she shared her speech, it was from the heart. It was passionate. And she shared the message of salvation. And she shared the truth of the gospel. I was so proud of her. So proud of her. Guys, and to our graduates, I want you to be strong. Like these young Jewish men. How can we do it? Is it going to be difficult? Absolutely, but it's doable and it's possible. But I want to give you three very important things that we need in our lives if we're going to stand strong in our culture. Number one, that we learn from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We need to be people of conviction. We need to be people of conviction. Guys, it's so easy when things are changing around us. It's so easy to just get comfortable with sin. It's so easy just to let a little bit of wrong around and say, well, you know, it's just the times we live in and it's just part of life. And we just got to, you know, it's okay. It's no big deal. And we let it in and we let it creep in. Um, you know, I've been told, all right, that this is how you can boil a frog alive. Okay, I'm not saying don't go out and do this, okay. Uh, don't judge me for this, okay. I've not really done this. All right, it does sound it's pretty cool, though. All right, so if you, if you take a boiling pot of water, Jim, and you throw a bullfrog in it, what is that frog going to do? Immediately, he's going to jump out because he knows that is danger. He knows it will kill him. Yet, if you take a pot of lukewarm water and you put the frog in it, he's just going to sit there because it feels good. Yeah, it feels nice. That's okay. And then you just gradually turn up the heat. It's going to just get a little warmer and a little warmer. And he's not even going to realize what's happening. And all of a sudden, the water's going to be boiling, and he is dead. And guys, that's how, that's how Satan works around us. That's how sin creeps into our lives. And it's a slow fade, like the Casting Crown song. It's a slow fade. We just let it a little bit in, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And we just let things in until all of a sudden, we are trapped, and we are ensnared. Guys, we have to have conviction. How do we have conviction? How do we know what's right? Well, we got to be committed to the Word. We've got to be committed to knowing God's Word and reading God's Word and applying God's Word in our lives. You see, we see it in the lives of these, of these young men. When they were captured and taken into the empire, they were told, you're going to eat the king's food and you're going to drink the king's wine. Yet, these four young men, they knew they knew what God's word said. As Jewish young men, these were forbidden foods for them. Forbidden, off limits. Now, who's going to know? They're taken away from their homeland. They could have just been angry with God and said, God, you let all this happen, so, you know, why does it matter? We'll just, we'll just go along with the flow. They could have done that. But guys, they, they had been taught these things from young boys. They've been taught the word of God, and they lived it. That was their conviction to stand up for the word of God. So when they were told to eat and drink the king's food and drink, they did not do it. Instead, they, they offered an alternative and they said, could we have a diet of fruits and vegetables and water? Now, I have to admit, that sounds torturous, okay? I'm just saying. But they chose to remain true to their teachings. And after so many days, all the young men, there were several young men that were brought before the king because they were being trained to be leaders of this kingdom. And when they were brought before the king, guess who was the best? You know the story. Daniel and his three buddies. They, they shined out from the crowd. And so guess what the king did? It pleased him. You're all going to be on their diet. You know, the other guys are like, thanks a lot. <laughs> Man. The Bible says after three years of being indoctrinated by their, a new language and new teachings, 
that they were ten times above all the other young men in wisdom and knowledge and learning. So they were elevated to positions of authority, but they stayed true to God's word all along the way. So application. Graduates and the rest of us. What you do in private reveals your true character. We'll never fool God. We make choices every day, don't we, that nobody else knows about. Make wise choices. You see, we have the freedom to choose. And graduates, a lot of y'all, you're getting ready to move away from home. And, you know, maybe it's to start a career. Maybe it's college, military, whatever it might be. And your parents aren't going to know, or your grandparents aren't going to know where you are and what you're doing 24-7. But don't forget, they might have the Find My Phone app, okay? (laughs) So maybe they do know where you go, all right? There's a lot of freedom and responsibility that we're given. And with that freedom, I want to remind you, stay true to your teachings and convictions. And as you strive for the college degree or the career... Don't forget about God's word. And if you have a doubt about something, if it's right or wrong, you put it at the feet of Jesus and you're not sure, then just stay away from it. Because there's a ledge right here of of sin and danger and that, that destruction that the devil wants to bring into our life. So the best thing to know is not to get right up to the edge and see what we can get away with, but it's to get far, far away from it. All right, And you stay close to the Lord. And in college, there's going to be people partying. And, and doing things that are wrong and making bad moral choices and making it look fun. And you may feel left out, but don't worry about it. Okay? Because you can make a choice. And if you make the right choice, God's going to bless your life. And it may not be right then. You may not see it right then. But down the road, you'll see it. So when you're tempted to cheat on the final or listen to the dirty joke or look at something you shouldn't on the computer, guess what? you got to make the right choice because if you, if you get a habit of making bad choices, it's going to continue into your marriage, into your job, into every part of your life. So become people of conviction by remaining true to the teachings of God's Word. And listen, guys, nobody's going to force you to do the right thing. Nobody will. It's up to you. <laughs> we each have a free will. But choose to do the right thing. Well, if we're going to be people of conviction, we've got to be committed to God's word. But we've got to be committed to prayer. We see it in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So King Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man in the world, he had this golden image set up, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. And he told everybody in the kingdom, when the music plays, you bow down and you worship this image of me. But these three young men, they wouldn't do it. And immediately it was reported to the king and no, the king didn't like it. And he, even, he messed up big time because he said, your God's not going to be able to save you. He can't do anything for you. But they refused to bow because they would only serve the one and true God. And how could they have this strength? How could they have this confidence? Because, guys, they knew him. They knew who God was because they had a relationship with him because they spent time talking to him in prayer. Amen. You know, it would have been real easy to say, you know what, guys, let's just do this. When the music plays, let's just bow down. But we're not really worshiping that statue. We're going to pray to God. It'll look like we are. Look like we're worshiping the statue, but we'll just pray to God. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. They didn't do that, did they? Guys, it's easy to justify sin. Right? We've all been there, haven't we? It's easy to do it. But listen, 
it never pays off in the long run. These were men of conviction and God was number one in their lives and they would only pray to Him. They would be a witness for Him, no matter what the cost. What does this mean for us? Well, guys, if we're making little gods out of work or hobbies or entertainment or relationships, we need to wake up. We need to open our eyes and we need to get our priorities right. What is most important in your life? What is number one in your life? Because that's your God. It better be Jesus Christ. If anything else takes his place, guys, that's wrong. And not that other things are bad, but we got to have them in their proper perspective. We can't worship those things. We worship our Lord. Sometimes we want to fit in so bad, though, that we allow other things to come before God. And we justify things. But listen, don't let the corruption of our society allow you to just slide and say, it's okay this time. I'll let it happen this time. Have that same strength of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And be men and women of conviction by committing your life to prayer. Well, not only do we have to be people of conviction, but secondly, if we want to be able to stand strong in this culture, we have to be people of courage. We have to be courageous. There was a story about a, a girl, and she was very sick, and she needed a blood transfusion. And so uh, the parents went to her little brother because he had the same blood type, and that was the... the most natural choice for her to be able to get blood from her brother for this transfusion. So they asked the little boy, would you, would you give your sister a blood transfusion? And after just a, a pause, he said, I'll do it. And they got him on the table and they began to draw his blood. And he looked up at his dad and he asked him, how long until I die? That's, that's courage. That's courage. We've got to have courage to live or die for our Savior. To represent him. You see, these young men, they didn't take the easy road. They didn't just have a head knowledge of Christ. They had heart knowledge. And so when this difficulty came into their life, they could face it. They could face the difficulty. And the king told them, he, he's getting mad now. He said, if you don't bow down to me, I'm going to throw you in this furnace. And I love their answer. And this is me paraphrasing. But they said, listen, king, we don't even have to defend ourselves. We don't even have to be careful how we answer you here. Because we won't bow to you. They knew who their Lord was, and they knew what he could do, and they encouraged each other. Guys, if we serve the Lord, it's going to take sacrifice. And we're going to have to live with the motto of, not my way, Lord, but your way, as Jesus taught us. Your service to God, if it's going to be 100%, it's going to cost you something valuable. It is. So what are you willing to pay? You may have to give up something. You may have to give up a bad habit in your life. You may have to give up a relationship or a friendship. There may be something in your life. If you're going to sell out to the Lord and live for Him, there may be some things you have to turn away from. You see, serving Christ, it is difficult. The Bible says, Broad is the gate and wide is the way that leads to destruction. It's easy to sin. It's easy to do the wrong thing. But the Bible also says, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to what? Life. There's going to be challenge. There's going to be sacrifice. But remember the final destination. Eternal life. Guys, this is temporary. Remember that. This is temporary. We're seeking eternal life. And sometimes you're going to feel alone. 
Graduates, there's going to be times when you're doing the right thing and it seems like everybody else around you is doing the wrong thing. You're going to feel all by yourself. You will. Can I tell you that's okay? It's all right. Because that's where God is. He's going to be with you. and He's going to speak to you. He's there. Don't forget that. And you know, I thought, how, how neat this situation is in Scripture. Because here's these three young men. They were a united front. They were a wall. They were a team. And they said, we will not bow. Guys, that's what we are. We're a body of believers. We should be a united front to do God's work, to encourage each other, to hold each other accountable to the word, to our witness, to our walk. That's what church family's for. You can be excited about that. Smile right now. You look so serious. Like, oh, yeah, we're family to encourage each other. To worship God together. Well, they faced difficulty and they faced death. So they told the king, they said, listen, God can save us from this fire. We're not worried about it. He could rescue us if he wants to. Because they knew that nothing was impossible for God. But even if they died, they refused to serve a false god. They were ready to meet their creator. So the king got so furious that he heated the furnace seven times hotter than normal. And guys, here's my question. When the heat is on, when the pressures of life are real, who will you serve? Listen to me. God is able to deliver you from the fires and the trials of life. You may not understand why things are happening to you. There may be things that are out of your control. And I know a lot of difficult things happen here. We won't understand it all, not on this earth. But guys, listen to me. The outcome is much bigger than us. You see, God's going to use the pain and the agony and the heartaches and the hurts and the disappointments and the failures in life. He will work good out of all those things if we just continue to seek Him and exalt Him and lift Him up. You see, He's there through every heartache. So God's calling you to take a stand, no matter what. So my question is today, are you ready to meet Him? Guys, we don't know what the future holds. You know, there, there are Christians in other nations who, if they get caught worshiping Jesus or carrying a Bible, they will be killed. David Platt, in his book Radical, he, he writes about what's the cost of being a Christian in America today? What real sacrifice does it take for us? Because we can get in our car and we can go to God's house. Did anybody, did anybody threaten to behead you for coming to church today? Probably not. Right? Now, some of, the, some of the kids, they might have been threatened with their lives for you know, not getting ready for church by, by some moms. That wasn't Joy. Don't worry. She didn't say that. Not that I know of. But guys, what's the future hold? We don't know. We don't have to be afraid. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can you stand strong? Well, not only do we need to be, if we're going to stand strong, people of conviction... And people of courage. But we must be people of Christ. We must be people of Christ. You see, here's the thing. Jesus saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He saved them. Christ was there for them. So the king, he had them tied up and he had them thrown into the furnace. And the furnace was so hot that he had sent his strongest guards to take them to the furnace. And the Bible says that as they threw the young men into the fire, that the guards were consumed by the heat. In the flames, they died as they were taking these young men along the way. And you know what hit me as I was studying this and praying? 
that God was already going before them. Because technically they shouldn't have even made it to the fire. They shouldn't have even been able to be thrown to the pit because the guys that took them died. So you can imagine as they're walking up to the pit and all of a sudden these strong guys that have them bound, as they're about to push them in, they just they die. They fall over. You know, they're burned up. That tells me that God was with them already. He was preparing the path. God wasn't surprised by what was going to happen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He already knew it, and he prepared the way before them, and his hand was protecting them all the time. So when the king looks into the furnace, he doesn't see these three young men writhing in agony and burning up in the flames and crying out for help. He looks in the fire, and he sees four people, and he said the fourth looks like the Son of God. And Brother Will, he's, he's preached this sermon. I love this series about Jesus in the Old Testament. And this is one of the times when Jesus made a guest appearance and he showed up early and everybody saw it and everybody was amazed. So the king, in amazement, he, he can't believe what he sees. He cannot believe it. They were protected by Jesus Christ. You see, they didn't forsake God. When time got difficult and when they were called to the mat, they didn't cave in. To the pressure around them. And guess what? As a result of that, God was in the fire with them. So the king said, come out of there. And he shouted to them. And he ran. And when he got to them and looked at them, not, not a hair was burned on their body. Their clothes weren't singed. They weren't even smoky. All right? They were completely whole and healthy and normal. See, Satan, guys, listen. We have an enemy and he wants to destroy us. He wants to drag us into the eternal fires of hell because that's his ultimate destination and he wants us to be there with him. But listen to me. Jesus is our Savior. And he wants to give us salvation and he wants to give us victory. And he's the only one who can protect us from hell. He's the only one. Jesus is the only way to be saved. But you've got to choose that relationship with him of accepting him, admitting your sins, Believing he died for you and rose again and confessing him as your Lord and Savior and committing your life to him. That's the only way you're going to have eternal life in heaven. He came here and died for us because he loves us so much and he wanted to save us. So don't turn your back on Jesus. Don't turn your back on him. You see, he's the God of angel armies and he's the one that's going to save you. No one else, nothing else. Not only did Christ save these young men, but he blessed them. This king, he praised God, and he recognized that they trusted God, and they were willing to die for him, and they would give their lives up rather than worship any false god. And this, this moved this king. It changed him, and he declared anyone who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be torn limb from limb. Now, that's serious. Limb from limb. And he made that decree, so he called upon the Lord, and these people knew that their God was real. It turned this godless nation upside down. Their courage made a difference in a godless culture. These three men, they were promoted. But most important, God was exalted and people turned to him. Guys, listen to me. Our witness affects other people. You may not think it matters when you do the right thing and nobody else is watching. But, Brother Wes, it does. It does because God sees it. God's preparing you. God's going to use you. So the little choices we make every day, they add up and they make a huge difference. God's going to bless your faithfulness. It may not be immediately. 
But he's going to use it, and he's going to work through you. So here it is. Don't miss God's best for your life because you're worried about fitting in with the world. Don't miss what God has for you because you worry about what somebody's going to think about you. Remember what I said at the beginning. Jesus wins. Stay on his side. Now, I know. I've, I've seen some of you guys at ball games or watching a ball game. I know y'all are competitive. I know. I know y'all like to win. Right? Now, y'all are acting like, you know, we, we are. Right? We like, we like our team to win. Right? We do. Guess what, guys? Jesus wins. Be on his team. Don't ever underestimate the power of standing strong in a culture of moral decline. I've got a video clip that I'm going to show you in a moment. And this comes from my new favorite movie. All right? the, the teens have heard me talk about it a lot. We've been doing a series on it. I even uh, used a couple of clips for y'all on a Wednesday night. But this is different. This is a different clip. But for y'all that aren't familiar with the movie Woodlawn, it's based on a true story that took place in the 70s. And it's, it's about two rival football teams. They were in the same conference. They were the very best teams in the state, but only one team could go to state. But they had this big championship game. And tens of thousands of people came to watch this game. They had to move it to a college stadium because it was so big. It was a record-breaking crowd like never before. But what they don't know behind the scenes, and the crowd doesn't know behind the scenes, is that revival had broken out between these two rival teams. They hated each other. But an evangelist came named Hank, and he shared salvation. He shared Jesus. And it changed the lives of these young men as they received Jesus into their life. The coaches got saved from both teams. They couldn't even speak to each other. And all of a sudden, they're united by Christ. And so here we have this championship game. And it looks like everything's just going perfect now. But then Satan steps in. And the superintendent of the school system, he told Coach Tandy, he said, Listen, if any more of this prayer breaks out on our campus, any more Bible study, or any more prayer on the football field, you are fired. There's to be no more prayer in our school. This is right before the championship game. And what we're going to do today, this is, this is going to be the conclusion of my sermon. And at the end of this clip, Brother Will's going to come up and he's going to give the invitation. But I want you to watch this. Because I want you to see what happens when one person has the courage to stand strong, even if it means he loses everything. Thank you. 